<laughs> Here we are, Sean and Cass, back at it again. Damn, Cass. I need you more than ever. Oh, baby. Cass, what the heck? My dreams are flooding back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my lord, good lord, what the heck are these dreams all about? Why, why, why? What's going on? I think they're little messages from beyond, you know? Beyond what? Beyond our waking consciousness. Beyond my realm of comp- comprehension. Yeah, it's more subconscious stuff. Good lord. Yeah, since I'm not smoking weed all day every day, the the dreams are, are coming back. It's so crazy because we edibled last night, you know? I feel like the amount of THC I'm getting in an edible pales in comparison to the amount that I was getting um, from ripping dabs all day. Yeah, it must. I mean, that's what I was watching a thing about... Um, weed and sleep because it helps a lot of people sleep but it also affects how like the rem sleep that people can get into and rem is really important yeah um the rapid Great eye band. rapid eye movement sleep mm-hmm. um that deep sleep and so a lot of times if people like always do a lot of edibles or weed and then lose their dreams that when they come back they come back with a vengeance because it's kind of like sleep it's like you gotta catch up on it or something mm. and if you don't REM sleep, REM sleep, you could die. Like, that's how important it is. What? Yeah. You need to hit that. You need to hit that. I think even when I was a 24-7 pothead two weeks ago, and for the previous 12 years before that, (laughs) I think I was catching that REM sleep. No, yeah, definitely. I just think I was like... uh, I'm not saying people are dying from cannabis because they're not REM sleeping. No, I, I just think I was like... I was... I was zoinked and boinked enough that, like, I just couldn't remember my dreams. I don't think they were not happening. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't remember them. And then you had a spooky one last night? The spookiest one ever. You were leaving me. No. Oh. It really, it really, uh, it effed me up, for sure. I was, like, definitely, I woke up, like, I need to talk to Cass, like, you know, immediately. Like, I need to clear this energy. Yeah, th- there are th- like little memes or things about girls being like, yeah, I'm the kind of girlfriend who gets mad at you for cheating on me in my dreams. Like, I'm glad you didn't wake up mad at me. No, my God, no. It was so uh, not your behavior, but I guess I could figure out where it came from. But basically, it was it was such a vivid dream. We had like rented like a big Airbnb or something, and there was just a bunch of people there, our our friends, like my friend group from back in the day. A lot of those guys there and they're they're significant others and such and uh we were getting ready to go to bed and like i was like where's Cass?" and i went and i found you making out with one of my friends and it's, it's a guy it's a guy you've never met it's funny i'm like who what does he even look like it, i don't it's, even it's know would i make I out with him it, it, no no it's a guy i haven't thought about or talked to in years like a decade yeah and uh like you guys were making out and hooking up, and I was like, "What the heck?" It was a rowdy, hot and rowdy, or was it like innocent making out? What kind of making out are we talking about? Mm, not on our level. Just know? like caught in the act of. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "What's going on here?" And uh, you were like, "You were like owning it," and I was like, "What is going on?" And I was freaking out, and I was telling, I I said to him, I was like, "You're gonna have to leave, like ASAP." Or, or, or I'm going to kill you. I know me. I'm going to kill you right now. 
if you don't leave. I'm just glad you weren't going to kill me, so. No, 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 no. I needed to talk to you, <laughs> and I needed to get people away. But, like, meanwhile, we're in this, like, chaotic household, and, like, people are just going on their stupid lives and, like, you know, poking fun at me and being like, oh, it's no big deal, like, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm like, no, this is a really big deal. This is a really, really monumental shift. This is the only thing that matters in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what, how, how it progressed, but... There was another person you were cheating on me with, and this guy was I like a lot of time, obviously, in this dream world. Yeah, totally, totally. And this guy was like in his seventies, mm, mm-hmm. and I was like, Cass, what is going on? Please, just tell it. I, you know, I named the first guy, and I was like, Do you want to be with him? I was like, is this happening? Are you leaving me for him? And you were like, no, I don't want to be with him. And I was like, what about this other guy? Thinking the old guy. And you're like, I do want to be with him. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, it was it was just like, it was so real. And I was like freaking out and trying to like get you alone in a room. And everything kept, to, like, it was just like distractions upon distractions. And like finally like getting you alone. And I just like, we couldn't see eye to eye. Like I couldn't like make that locked connection, you know. Like we've been through that in real life, but like not like this, mm-hmm. not like that. It was like the level, the love light went out, and I'm like, yeah. There's a difference between not being able to communicate well and like the love light not being yeah. there. Because yeah. a lot of time when someone cares enough to fight with you or even be mad at you, the love light's still there. That was what was when extra some- disturbing about this. It was so matter of fact, and it was so matter of fact that all my friends and family and your dad was there. Everyone is accepting this. Like Cass is leaving you. Cass already left you. Yeah. Not only is she in the process of leaving you, she already left you. She's committed to other people and she's out of here. And I was losing my damn mind. I remember pulling you into a room and I'm like trying to get your attention and over your shoulder, a car just drives into a well. And and I'm like, oh, we have to call an ambulance. And I'm like, I'm, I'm immediately, I'm like screaming. I'm like, yo, a guy just drove down there. But I'm in my head. I'm like, I got to talk to Cass. <laughs> I'm like, somebody's dead at the bottom of this well. And I got to talk to Cass right now. I'm freaking out. And um, day turned to night. And uh, it was like me, you, and this guy that you were cheating on me with. The 70-year-old? No, the younger one who's my age. And I was like, dude, you really, you got to go. And he was like kind of in protection mode. Like, no, 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 I'm I'm waiting for my girl, (laughs) you know. And I'm like, no, she's my girl. And I was like, I've never been so attracted to somebody. I'm fucked. You know, like I'm fucked not having like I'm like, that was my dream girl. I don't know how I lost her, but I'm fucked now because there's no one else out there for me. Like there, you know, I was just like it was just like, like, whoa. And I just couldn't get your attention. I wanted to slap you like I wanted to like throw water in your face and slap you and be like, hey, look at me. Stop. We're a thing. We're the thing. (laughs) You're my girl. You're like, you've lost the narrative. We've talked about this a million times. We've done this. We've stared into each other's eyes for minutes upon minutes on psychedelics. We've done, we know each other. We can see each other's, we could see through all the bullshit to each other's soul. Don't do this. Like what you, you're on one right now, Cass. And you're just like straight up like, no. And then like this guy's acting like, you know, white knight energy. You know, which I hate. It kind of reminds me of something <laughs> that happened to us that I'm not going to get into. But, you know, um, so at that point, I'm just like, 
okay. And I just leave and I start walking down this train track and it's just getting darker and darker as I walk down the train track to the, to the point where I like, I literally can't see, it's like Vanta black in front of me. I'm like, I can't see anything. I like there, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know where I am. And I turn around and I saw you poking your head out the window to make sure I was okay. And I was like, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back to get her. There's still hope. Yeah. Yeah. And I went back and then I woke up. Yeah. And it was it was so vivid. I'm leaving out a lot of details because I think, you know, hearing people's dreams can sometimes be really weird and boring. But uh, the, the, the feeling it left me with was so real and so heavy and so hard to shake. And um, yeah, so all that took place from 6.18 a.m. to 7.18 a.m. I actually know the, the amount of time because because I'm not a, uh, on pot right now. I'm like waking up mad early and I woke up at 6:18, and I'm like, this is too much. I can't, I can't be starting my day at 6:18 in the morning. I'm not a goddamn farmer, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I went back to sleep and that's what came. And then I, I popped out of it at like 7:18, and I was like, <sighs> I'm like rolling around in bed. Like, you know, that feeling of like, thank God that's not real. But what was that? Yeah. Like I need to start treating my girl better. It's Aww. like, yeah. That's a good message. I like that. Well, it's a great dream for me to wake up to because I was like, well, first off, the idea that I would never cheat on you. I know. I, I, I know. And because it would be really hard to cheat on you because I'd be so scared of that love light going out. Like, that would be just so terrifying and make me ill. In the dream, you were fine with it. You had made peace with, like, we did our dance already. Well, that's probably because you in your head were like, well, I wasn't treating her right or something. Yeah, pretty much. You treat me good. I don't know. Yeah, but like I don't know. I'm coming off substances and trying to reacclimate to the world, and like we get in these like intense but short fights, and I think maybe a couple of those were haunting me, because like I've been good. I've been having some really good days, and then like just the darkness, the darkness, uh, the the overwhelm takes over my life, and I and right now I don't have any outs, so. uh yeah, it's just like really just taking a cold cock on the chin. <laughs> Ba-boom. Well, that's got to be what winter's about, too. You know, you got to go through the darkness this time of year, don't you think? I guess. I guess. I really, I, I, the only thing I can think that this is about is like that I'm carrying tremendous guilt about some of the fights we had and some of the things I said and some of the narratives, the bullshit narratives I've introduced into our world, you know, mm-hmm. in my anxiety, pretty much, you know. You take all this stuff away that I was doing, which isn't much. When It, it amounts to, you know, some dabs and nicotine, a little yeah. bit of kratom. But you take that away and I'm like, whoa, what's, what, what are my tools for, for managing anxiety and depression, pretty much. Your reason to live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I will say that stuff is, for me at least, in my psyche, and it's so it was so good at staving off uh, depression and anxiety. I think you but just, you're crushing it down. I think you need a nice solid mushroom trip, honestly. Yeah, yeah, probably. <sighs> which for which for most people like might sound like a lot of fun, but for me sometimes I get thrashed around by by those shroomies. You know how it is. Some people go through that, but um, I'm glad that wasn't real. Or was it? No, I've never cheated on you. No, I know, but what is that? What? Wh- how is that possible? Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's something I haven't had to confront a lot in the past decade because I'm not remember. I don't just don't remember my dreams. Yeah. But but that one, it's like I'm just like left with this just like visceral feeling of like uh, just like up on my haunches, like oh. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just glad that you didn't like lose love for me in your dream. Like that would be awful. Like you you wake up and someone's love light has gone off for you because of something you did to them in your dreams. You know, in their dreams. I wonder if that's possible. Probably. Well, yeah, I mean, anything's probably possible. I think it's only possible if it, like, uh, bared some weight in this reality. Yeah, there's some truth to it. Yeah, yeah. And then you just, like, felt the repercussions or how this is playing out, this lack yeah. of attention or whatever. This felt so um, sudden, but justified. Even in the dream, I remember having a moment where I'm, like, I'm walking around and I'm just like, I can't believe this. I can't not believe this is happening. In a million years, I would have never thought that Cass would leave me and leave me for another man while we're like renting an Airbnb with all of our friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I've done this to people, you know, like in my dream, I was just like, yeah, I haven't been the best person in terms of like uh, not hooking up with people that are in relationships, you know, like I'm, I'm, I I just been like, I I just take what I can get sometimes. (laughs) in this life chickens are coming home to roost in the dreams for sure i really hope that's all i have to deal with because you know i've dealt with a lot of heartbreak but i've probably caused a lot too definitely and i remember thinking that in my dream and very specifically about a specific situation i don't even want to talk about the situation you're even talking about is not a situation you mentioned it to me and i was like i I almost was like anything i was almost offended i was like you're more concerned about the karma you have towards this non-situation than the karma our karma like you know (laughs) what i mean well it was just one little detail that i that felt very not dreamlike yeah 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 it felt very like um just a, like a level of awareness that I didn't think was available to me in dreams where I'm I'm thinking about what's happening and I'm reflecting on my life and I'm like, okay, I see why that would, okay, I, yeah, I see why karma was coming for me in this way, like, and, and trying to wrap my head around it and try to justify it, but it hurts so bad, babe. It hurts so bad. It just, I would never want to inflict that kind of pain on anybody. And if I have, God bless them. I'm so sorry. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what it's all about. I don't know what these dreams are about. Like, why, why do we have that? Like, well, I just, I think I've, I've said to you a few times in the last week, like, can you just be grateful for like our relationship and our, you know, can you be grateful for me? Like, cause you're, you get in like a little bit of a negative story loop and start telling the worst story. And I'm like, God damn, can you just be grateful? And maybe it's me saying that to you. And maybe yeah. it was your way of like having to feel that. And yeah. or you, you can't just like you can will yourself into gratitude through gratitude practices and just like taking the time to be grateful but sometimes you need a little bit of a stark reminder of like what you got yeah totally i mean and and that comes on the heels of me having like a bratty night and over the past couple weeks i've had a couple bratty nights where just like the the day's anxieties just are all like accumulating and by like seven or eight at night i am just like at my wits end and uh I don't have any like chemical parachute to just float on out of there. So it's just like, it's, it's very raw. Like I said in our last podcast and um, yeah, this was just, I think a reminder of that. Like I needed, I needed it to happen in um, like a potent metaphorical dose that felt so real to teach me some sort of lesson. And the lesson was like, 
I got to be better to cast. Oh, well, I love these dreams. This is great. Of course. This is a great dream to wake up to. Of course. But like, I, I know that, I know that in my waking life. And I think I think we are. I'm, I yeah, am you're good great. To you. Yeah, totally. You totally. know, I'm very thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, on those couple bratty nights, you know, when everything just accumulates and like, I don't have anyone else to, you know, like talk to about this stuff, and it's just like I take some stuff out on you, and it's not pretty. And um, yeah, I think that it registers somewhere deep in my psyche that I'm not as grateful for you as I should be. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in the dream, like, people were like, Casa, because I was, like, looking for you. I'm, I'm like, where is she? And they're like, Casa, like, who is that? Did, you know, like, uh, is that that girl? And I was like, no, the girl that looks like a damn supermodel. She's perfect. I was going like this in the dream. I'm like, she's got a perfect body. She's running around. Everyone would notice her. She's, she's so hot, you know? <laughs> you have such, you have cast goggles. Oh yeah, ever since ever since I first met you. Yeah. And and this just felt so devastating. It was felt so devastating and uh yeah. And I guess that's a kind of a cool repercussion of dreams, especially one that feels that real is like I can do something about it in this reality because I tapped into the fear like below everything and it it helped me see uh how much you mean to me. Yeah. From another angle that I never expected. Right. Because this would never happen in real life. This, like you said, you would never cheat on me. You know, it would be, it, it wouldn't, nothing that sudden is ever going to happen to either one of us. It, like in, in terms of like pulling the rug out on the other one. If we were going through something that felt like a breakup, we would know from a mile away and we would start managing it. It wouldn't happen like this. Like where you're like, no, I already have another partner. Oh yeah. You know, this thing where you've lined up, you've been uh, consecutive monogamous relationships. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I pulled that down for myself and I'm just, I set my next thing up before I left this Oof. thing. Oh that would be the Lord. ultimate karma. Yeah, it would. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, look, karma's coming for me. It's coming for us all, but I've been in, I've been in consecutive monogamous relationships. I was in a seven year relationship, another seven year relationship. And now this one's almost been like 14 years. Yeah. That's an insane thing to do. It's an unbroken chain of, uh, monogamy since i was 16 years old with a lot of indiscretions <laughs> so it, is it really monogamy <laughs> mm, uh, yeah because because like that really whoever my girl is that is my girl and, yeah. and you know youthful drunken indiscretions aside because that's all they were really like in my sober life when i'm not drinking i've never cheated on you yeah i no. wouldn't even th- it, it wouldn't even consider it yeah but we've obviously been in we've been loose monogamish yeah we've been very loose well, I mean, talking about fears, I mean, what's tomorrow, Sean? Portal day. Yeah. Oh, damn. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so it's they're all coming to the surface just ahead of time, just in time for you to let them go. The first and so far only official holiday of the Church of Chill. Yeah, I was portal trying to, day. <laughs> one eleven. I was trying to think, yeah. was 2020 our first official portal day, or was it? No, I think it was 2019. Okay. Oh, no, wait. I think it was 2020. Damn. Did we start a pandemic? <laughs> I hope not. Well, because Portal Day for us, like, it, it was very ragtag the first time, but we were like, let's ha- let's make a holiday. Like, you know, we have this little fake church, let's make a fake holiday. And, and like, what better time than the beginning of January? Like, you're in no man's land. Like, it's just like, it's it's dark, it's cold. It's just like, I don't know, there's something like foreboding about it. And it's just like, let's put a bright spot on the calendar where we um, 
take acid and write down all of our fears and burn those fuckers. Yeah, I think at least it doesn't have to be the take acid as if you want to take to the next dimension. Yeah. But I think at the very least, it's we've done years where we just burn our fears. And I think it's very powerful mm-hmm. intention because you can kind of just be like, okay, this is the beginning of the year, freshly started off like let me let go of anything that's holding me back new year's burn fears and the beautiful thing about uh this 111 111 24 is um it's a new moon too new moon in capricorn mm-hmm. which is like a great time for intention setting and um yeah i'm psyched about it i'm already i'm already gearing up i gotta i'm like i gotta remember my fears yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes a second to remember them because they, they operate so on a subconscious level. They To, like, excavate them, you really have to do a little recon and be like, all right, wait, what's going on? Okay, what am I scared about? What? what yeah. What's holding me back? Where are my limiting beliefs? Yeah. It's uh, it's it's powerful stuff. I think it's, like, it's, it's an important thing to do, but it's also, like, um, exercise with caution. Because like, like we're saying, like the first time we did this was right before our pandemic. The second time we did it was a, a defining moment in our relationship with Mare, you know, and uh, we've continued to do it since then. But it, it definitely, um, it mucks things up, you know, it's, it's like, it's like dragging the lake for, for fears. And it's like a lot of sediment starts to like, just get into the water and, you know, well, cloud things like, up at first. You're just playing a little fast and loose. If you combine acid with it, I think is a little bit of the deal too. Yeah. yeah. But I honestly, I think everything has been perfect and I don't know. I actually attribute burning our fears to how good life feels most of the time. And I, ju- I do think this life is getting weirder and weirder and it's requiring us to be like more bold, more courageous, less fearful, more in tune with who we are, mm-hmm. more unapologetically, whoever we are, whatever we're here to do, you know? And I think that fears are just not a helpful emotion. I think that they're, and I, I think you can also set it up in a way of like, Hey, remove the fears that keep me in harmony, keep me out of harmony. And then, but like, you know, the fears that are alerting me to something that I need to pay attention to, like, allow me to let go of the fear, but make the change necessary, you know, mm. like kind of use the fear as like a wisdom um, compass rather mm-hmm. than like a debilitating thing. Yeah. And not, not necessarily like think of all of them as negative. Yeah. And and God grant me the ability but to, see, to see the difference or whatever. The ones you're writing down <laughs> and are w- knowing you're going to burn them. Like they're the ones your 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 body's ready to get rid of. Well, it's uh, time. Yeah, and also like whatever with, comes out while you're doing that is worth getting rid of, probably. And even if it's something that's like you know, I don't know what it, like I'm trying to think of like or what a real fear is or what a fear is you shouldn't let go of. I'm not even saying that you. I think anything even to address your fear, you have to let it go because mm. it has like the power over you. It's like you can't make wise decisions or um, make mature. Um, movements if you are like overwhelmed with like your body being in a fear response fight or flight or anything like that so you know what always comes up for me and I always end up writing on these lists is like it it, it must be a core fear is like um, getting pulled into like normalcy too much I guess Mm. or what I would interpret as like normalcy I don't know. I, 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 the way I express it when I write it is like, I don't want to become a drone. I don't want to just become a mindless person. That's just like 
doing tasks and you know caught up in bullshit so it's it's a hard thing to express but it, I, I feel what I'm trying to let go of every year when we do this. That's interesting. I can't remember any of my fears. And I think that's partly because in a lot of ways, I've really let them go. Not that I'm fearless yeah. right now, yeah. but like, I don't have like a reoccurring fear. Mine's always like one, two or three things. I mean, everyone else we're with is like writing. Oh goddamn yeah. I'm writing pages of um, stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I, got, like, I got I plenty to let go. Am of. Am I not I... that creative? Am I not in, in touch with it enough? And maybe I wasn't in touch with it enough. You know, and maybe uh, this little dance I'm doing with sobriety is helping me become more in touch with certain emotions that, like you said, are going to flood to the surface. They're going to they're going to flood out my dreams. They're going to you know, it's it's going to come in from all angles. For Sweep a your house of its furniture. Yes. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. I know I know what I was doing and that I have this coming. And maybe this is the tip of the iceberg. And if it is, oh, Lord. I mean, I've had I've had some terrifying dreams that stick with me, but this one really, really takes the cake, you know. And yeah, you know, somebody in the Discord was saying, uh, or was it you? I don't know. That the Japanese are like they've come up with a device that can record our dreams so we could watch them back. Oh yeah, yeah, I posted that. What? Is it real? I mean, it's just a matter of time that they can kind of like see what Im- image out. What are we doing? I don't want people to know my dr- I don't want to know my dreams. I don't want anyone else to know my dreams. Well, before you know it, there'll be ads popping up in there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it's Inception. Like, how do you do an ad blocker on your dream? <laughs> well, it's... I mean... <laughs> yeah, the ads on the playback. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that they're like, look, we we also not only have obvious ads, but they're embedded ads. Oh, yeah. So you're just going to see yourself drinking Coca-Cola in your dream because we just AI'd this into yeah. everybody's dream. Subliminal messaging. This is it. It's, it's, it's powerful stuff they're messing with. I, you know, if, if I could communicate something to these Japanese, so <laughs> I'd say I'm proud of you. That's a beautiful thing, but... Just slow it down. Slow it down. Uh, <laughs> stand by, but stand down for now please like this it might be too much too soon oh man i don't know if it's the edible or what like because you know how edibles can hit you so much harder if you're not smoking weed or doing them often oh yeah i just every time i do edibles i'm like i don't even really understand what singularity means but i just get this overwhelming feeling that like we're going towards it and i'm just getting like crushed by the prospect of everything that is coming along with ai Mm. and i'm just like it's happening we're going towards it. Like, there's no stopping. Well, what it. do you think of as a singularity? Because is, isn't that just death? Isn't that just like the inevitable outcome? It's like we get here, and we do this little dance as uh, individuals, and then we get pulled back into a singularity. Yeah, I don't know why it's. It doesn't feel exactly like death to me. It feels. It just feels like um, very like unanchoring. You know, kind of like oh, like everything with technology is happening exponentially so like the experiences of life are going to become exponentially weirder and for sure and uh i I get really overwhelmed by it Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just that i don't understand it and i think that's a lot of where i should probably put more energy into trying to understand what's going on but like the more you try to understand it you're just like the deeper the well goes Mm. and um I don't know exactly what I'm nervous about. I just, maybe it's the unknown, but also it's just like, 
the pace at which things are shifting. I think that's what disturbs me, too. It feels like everything's happening so fast. Yeah, you can't even, like, stand on solid ground. I Do you know what I mean? Or you don't yeah. even trust... I think collectively what the pandemic does is, like, it took the ground from un- under all of us as far as what's possible and mm. what could happen and what this reality is and how it could shift, like, overnight. Yeah. Like, yeah, just... I, maybe I was talking about this in our last episode, but, yeah, it's, it, the feeling just it keeps getting stronger. It, it feels like we're riding the crest of, like, a tidal wave that yeah. is going to crash down and, like, potentially fuck us up. Maybe for good this time. I'm talking about humans. Right. Yeah, no, and uh, my thing is, like, I have I think we've been preparing. Like, we're trying to be adaptable. We're mm-hmm. trying to hang on loosely, you know. we uh, uh, trying to have a good time, trying to, like, see the, the humor in it all, you know. But at the same yeah. time, we're just like, what the fuck? fuck is this gonna world gonna look I like know. in three years five years and i i've never yeah. really been that intimidated by the future before like it just it feels like it's like knocking on the door like oh, yeah. hey you don't see how crazy this is because but if you paid attention for a second you would see that like the world's about to turn upside down oh yeah i mean like think about it. we were watching um colin quinn probably my favorite stand-up comedian the other night yeah he red state the, blue state yeah he, really he was talking about in there like w- from the horse's perspective what it must have been like when cars came along yeah because like horses were we relied on them so much we grew up with them they were a man's best friend we relied on them for travel for all these things for companionship we took care of these majestic beasts and then a car comes along and horses just get put out to pasture yeah we're getting put out to pasture right now by AI. Yep. And it's happening slowly but surely, but I think it already happened. Or quickly. Like, it feels like it, like, I don't even think you can say slowly but surely No, anymore. that's true. That's, surely. Surely. <laughs> you can say surely. <laughs> weird word. What was the other weird word that, oh, no, never mind. Yeah, so isn't that, it, like, that's, you know, we're the horses as, as uh, cars are getting invented. And, um... It's a very strange thing because it's like, I feel like a lot of our purpose wasn't setting up this whole thing and like getting us to the point. And then we we got to this point where we birthed this technology that's going to take away a lot of our purpose, which drove us to get to this point technologically. And it's like, did we really have any say in this? Mm. Or like, like Malcolm McLuhan says, like, are we just the, the, the sex organs for, for the technological world? Like, we're here to just, like, fucking use our, our hands and, like, to birth these things to, like, give it a chance. And then it's just going to take over, which it already is. Well, I'm so glad. This is what all my fears are going to be about tomorrow. Burning my fears are going to be about, I think, is because I've, I don't fucking like Elon Musk. I'm not quoting him to try to, like, be like, yeah, Elon Musk. But You're a big Musk head, right? I'm definitely not. But <laughs> <laughs> I did see something where he's, like... We should be a lot more scared of AI than we are of bombs. And, or like, uh, I'm not saying, I obviously scared of bombs and don't bomb people and let's not kill each other. But then I just, it just like opened the door up into like how scary AI can be as far as like scanning our entire life, every communication, every thought, every thought we've ever had, every communication we've ever had, every interaction, like the if we set AI to be the rulers, to be the cops, like we could, you know how nowadays you can't even 
access like a human when you call like there's no customer service anymore yeah. you can't and yeah. you, the other we were, try, we're trying to get in a, a place and and um you're like trying to plead our case or talk with any sort of human emotion because that's how you've like gone through life is like let me appeal to your human yeah. side and yeah. and like that's Doesn't getting matter. stripped out of everything yeah you're like i'll write a letter to the auditor i'm like the auditor is an algorithm there is no appealing to it and saying no listen to our story give us this apartment like there it, it, it's cold and indifferent yeah so you could just literally get put just like all right we're picking you up you broke these rules or didn't see this or just like mistakes happen you know it's, it's already happening how many times have our youtube channel been demonetized like what the heck could we be doing on youtube that we would be demonetized but that's like small stuff like imagine it's big stuff it's your life it's your freedom it's your uh whether or not you live the rest of your days in a cage, you know what I mean? An AI or an algorithm saying that the world can't see our work just completely made me just like everything I've done up to this point completely useless, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that definitely spooks me. I'm not trying to get spooked about AI. I'm actually doing the opposite. I'm like immersing myself in it. I'm working with it a lot. Yeah, um, no, that's why fun. I'm just excavating my fears. I'm not trying to get other people scared. No, it's worth it. it it's wor- like we like good cop, bad cop yeah, a little bit. Cop, like, you know, trust me, if you were like not scared of it, I could tell you reasons you should be. And since I'm not being scared, you can tell me reasons. But I'm also telling you like ways we can use this and that maybe we're in a tiny little small window where in collaboration with this, we can do some stuff the likes of which we'd never be able to even fathom before. And that's what I want to get into. It just also like, feels like there's like no stopping it. No. <laughs> so it's unless the power goes out uh, unless we catch a solar flare or something like that and the internet goes down or something so yeah should we ask ai a question yeah how scary is ai gonna be i like you know what you've been doing lately with ai which i think is hilarious is you've been writing songs oh, like yeah. you're not you ha- like to say you've been writing songs sounds ridiculous no i come up with the prompts for it but it writes it and <laughs> i mean the, the lyrics are beautiful let me see, like, let me ask you, um, why do humans dream? Let's see what it says. I'm using an AI these days called, uh, for that kind of stuff called perplexity. It's pretty good. Let's see. Because it not only gives you, it'll give you an answer, but it'll, it'll cite sources. So you can, like, click on academic papers. You should say, why did I have a dream that my girlfriend is cheating on me? <laughs> Well, I think that the answer might be contained in this. Man, this this is taking time. This is the, the, I I might have stumped this thing a little bit because <laughs> n- nothing ever I've asked it so far has taken this much time. Oh man, this is great podcasting right here. Oh yeah, <laughs> should have pre-fed it. Well, I didn't know what I would want to ask it until you know. But you know what? This actually, I have a tab open. Have you ever heard of a dead internet theory? Mm. Yeah, this actually lends itself to that. Actually, tell me about it. Well, uh, here's what it says: the dead internet theory is an online conspiracy theory that asserts that the internet now consists mainly of bot activity and automatically generated content that is manipulated by algorithmic curation, marginalizing organic human activity. So, this is like this first started popping up as a concept in like 2016 2017 Mm. and i think it was a little ahead of its time and i think that's why it got labeled like a conspiracy theory but now i think it's just like being proven true and i think it'll be so scary so quick 
how true it will be. You no, know? I mean, like, like like Noah has multiple YouTube channels that are just AI generated content, and he's able to churn out so much that of course, that's gonna anyone with his mindset, which is a lot of people, of course they're gonna start doing this, and of course it's gonna quickly dwarf anything we've been able to do. You know, as individuals, like this hive mind thing is gonna be able to. People aren't even gonna believe we're real. I mean, no, our, and I the know. thing that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It all breaks down. Like, am I real? What is yeah. real? You know, you just. <laughs> yeah. I already am AI generated. I'm sure. I'm starting it over. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Dreaming serves various purposes, and the exact reason why humans dream is still a topic of debate among experts. Some theories suggest that dreaming helps in the consolidation of memories, processing emotions, and strengthening cognitive function. Interesting. Additionally, there are theories proposing that dreams protect the brain's visual cortex from being taken over by other senses during sleep, and that they are influenced by the consolidation of memories. While the precise function of dreaming is not fully understood, it is believed to play a significant role in memory, emotion processing, and cognitive maintenance. Cognitive maintenance. Okay. I, I can see that. that okay. Thing. All right. Well, when you don't sleep, I mean, you're a freaking mess. Talk about maintenance. Yeah, and then it suggests, like, okay, it, it's like, do you want to know how dreams affect our mood and behavior? Yeah, sure. Let's see. <laughs> dreams can significantly impact our mood and behavior. Research suggests that dreams can influence our behavior and mood the following day, serving as a guide to our emotions and affecting day-to-day -day actions without our knowledge. Wow. I mean, it's so obvious, but it's so true, but it's making me think like just a blink of an eye ago before we had all this stimulation and distractions, how big of a part of people's lives dreams must have been. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and I, I think some people have healthier relation have healthier dreams, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. not, like, I do too, most of the time. Yeah, not even that. I'm not even judging your dreams. But look, I've been wiling out this past week going through withdrawals, trying to reintegrate into society without my chemical prophylactics. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, you know, I'm going to have a dream that kind of like meets me on that level of intensity and shows me some stuff that all those, those chemicals were tamping down. For example, on mornings after nightmares, individuals have reported higher anxiety, sadness, and even physical pain, indicating a direct link between dream content and subs subsequent morning mood. Additionally, many researchers propose that dreams serve to alleviate emotional distress by presenting scenarios that help individuals heal from real-life events. Furthermore, dreams have been associated with the consolidation of memory and the processing of emotions, which can also affect mood and behavior. Yeah. Well, I have a little bit of a theory. Lay it on me. Like, you've just been anxious lately. Yeah. Like, you're, in our, you're not usually the anxious one, or you don't... Well, you haven't. You've only known me as pothead. Yeah, I guess so. But I feel like remember I was like Rager's gonna rage mm -hmm. the other day. We were talking about because it's like we have these pathways that we go down of how we interface with people, and you think that you have le some legitimate reason to be anxious or some legitimate ra reason to be rageful. But the truth is. You're just going to, if you're a rager, you're going to rage and you're going to find something to rage about. If you're anxious, totally. you're going to find something to be anxious about. Because totally. we can, we see it, it's easier to see in 
not yourself and maybe your immediate partner, but in other people, you're like, oh, that's your that's your pathway, that's your pattern. You yeah. You so address the pattern instead of playing whack-a-mole with the symptoms of the pattern. Yeah, rather than being like, well, no, this is really worth raging about, mm-hmm. or this is really worth being anxious about. No, yeah. th- like because that's what your ego wants to do. It wants to search for something to be anxious about. Yeah. And to because it wants to like express and feel that feeling. Mm. It seems so maybe. You're just like, even in your dream world, you're quell- calling for like, okay, what, where can I be anxious and why? And what's yeah. there to be anxious about? Yeah. I need to give up anxiety. <laughs> no, honestly, I think that's one way of doing it. And I like, think speaking it out loud really helps. Like yesterday we were working with AI to deal with um, shame. Oh my God. I loved that. We had our friend Laura over and we like, kind of just like through talking realized how much we all struggle with shame. And like how deep-seated guilt is. And it's all for different reasons with each one of us. But that was, you know, it, it was explaining shame's function. And um, it, 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 like basically like it, it was, it was it, what people are thinking is like it was initially like a thing that was helping protect us by being disgusted by something that your body didn't want. And then that translated and just like over evolution, it just like really got in our DNA and certain religions, like what me and Laura came up in the Catholic church, like really pound that into you. And I think certain backgrounds, like I'm Irish and it just seems to be part of the Irish experience. You know, like 75% of my DNA is from Ireland. And what do those people do? They're great. They're really funny. They're really smart. They write great poetry and good comedy and, great music but a lot of it is in the world of tragedy and shame and blame and guilt and um, doom and gloom and that's in my dna so it's really hard to separate from shame but it's kind of like one of the things that ai was telling us is that by <laughs> by even expressing it it alleviates it by by bringing, bringing, it, into the light, bringing yeah. it into the light destroys it it hates the light it's like a gremlin you know, that light comes in. It's just like it gets neutralized. Well, that's what's good about, and that's what I'm saying. What's good about community is being able to share, share your shame, and just, and because also if you're if you're hiding it, you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. And if it's in the light, you could be like, okay, let me take action towards. Okay, I feel shame about. I don't know. Well, that's what I was saying. Like community is healing through accountability. Yeah. And, accountability and you know, exactly. and I was saying to Laura, I'm like, I'm, you know, I hate that. I kind of put myself in a position where I said on the podcast that I quit all these things because now people are holding me accountable and I'm influencing other people to quit their things potentially. And it's just like, what if I fuck up? Or, um, but, but I know who I am and I'm like, I'm not going to fuck up because I don't want to feel the shame (laughs) (laughs) that comes with letting down a community of people who you said you were going to behave a certain way and now you're not, you know? I think ultimately you're doing what you need to do for you, but that's just, you use that as like tools for remembering. And I don't know, it's, it's, yeah, it's how do you channel these emotions that are natural into like a healthy way that actually leads to positive, more harmonious change, Mm. you know? Well, um, my, my meditations have become more important and, uh, deep breathing and moving my body. Like it sounds simple. Those are very simple things, but those are tools that aren't, you know, chemically altering, you know, I mean, they are chemically altering me, but it's, it's on the match. Yeah, so that, 
that's how I tap into my body's natural reserve of THC. Well, I've liked that what we're doing lately is like we were going to a Pilates class or something and we were both were like, we didn't take Kratom, which we usually would because it gives you that real pep in your step when you need it. You take Kratom and go into a Pilates class and you make everyone in there look like a fucking novice even if they've been doing it forever because you, you just ha- you just have energy. You don't care. You're not in touch like, with the pain. Kinda, I got this. It removes you. It gives you a layer removed from bodily pain. Yeah. So it makes you feel energized. But I we we kind of took fake Kratom. Yeah, that was good. Like literally like air. I'm, yeah. I'm not fake Kratom, but like air. We're like, okay, let's take our Kratom. In the class, we like I, I leaned over and I whispered to you. And I'm like, let's just pretend we took Kratom and then we're fucking flying right now. And you're like, yeah. I, I was surprised you were, you were into that. <laughs> you're like, okay. And it worked. Yeah, it was like a version of his self-hypnosis. Yeah. I was like, okay, Cass on Kratom does everything, yeah. and she does it quickly, mm. and she dances, and she's in it. Yeah, and that's what I said. I said, let's let's pretend we took Kratom, and let's tap into that. And what that means for me is going harder on every pose than everyone in the class does, doing them longer than everyone in the class does, and doing it with like almost a smugness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that helps me. It helps me. Just it almost a like, wow, this teacher thinks she's kicking our ass right now and I'm laughing. We were doing like a boat pose and I'm like. We were laughing. I was laughing. And I was like kind of groove into and the music. And everyone like. <laughs> and we're on fake Kratom. <laughs> so. But look, if we hadn't if we hadn't been such drug heads for so long, I don't even think we would know how to tap into those feelings, you know. So what do you got going? Um. Sorry, I just wanted to text Will back. Oh, shout out to Will Hammer. Yes, listen to oh, listen to his music, Billy Hammer. Billy, Billy Hammer look up music. Billy Hammer on Spotify. He makes absolutely beautiful music. He's a member of our community, which you can join on patreon.com slash church of chill. But Will's been there from day one and uh, just a, a dear friend and brother to me, even though he's probably half my age. <laughs> um, but you yeah. like him young. <laughs> No, no, that's a joke. God damn, I can't even joke around. <laughs> I really can't. It is a joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, no, and so I do. I like them. I like them young when they're reliable. If if they start showing that they're young in terms of like um, flakiness, yeah, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. If some twenty something is is you like the lust for life of like uh of our 20 year old artist friends because they haven't gotten beat down. They're very optimistic. You yeah. know what I mean? They, they got that spirit about them. Yeah. Anything's possible. A lot of the artists that I started out with when I was in my twenties aren't doing it anymore. Yeah. You know? So like inevitably our friend group is just going to get much younger than me as we go on. Cause that's like the people that are like still have this, this sparkle and they're, they're trying to do it. And, and look, it goes all directions. Like yeah. one of our besties is, uh, DJ preschool Larry, who we had on the podcast. So yeah. like, I mean, seventy-three he's, years old. He's got the one of the youngest at heart people we know. So yeah. it, it's really just a heart thing. Oh, totally. And usually that youngness is preserved for people who have less cares in the world, unless you brute force yourself into being like, all right, I'm going to live life differently. Well, that that I mean, I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think I've designed a life to have less cares, but I've also brute forced myself into being an artist when. Maybe it hasn't been the number one instinct all the time. Yeah, exactly. But I I'm, I'm, shout out to to Billy Hammer. He makes such beautiful music. He has songs out there with millions of of streams on Spotify. Like, how is this possible? He's killing it. Yeah. So we're gonna hang out with him later. 
sweat our asses off and take cold plunge. My mom also just texted me a video of like her town of a town in Maine, like totally flooded. Mm. The rain's really bad right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. I can't focus on that stuff. I mean, it's happening whether or not you focus on it. It's just We're all getting flooded. That's one thing. The great flood is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to get on Noah's Ark of positivity. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we watched a movie. Oh, my Lord. Do you remember uh, BitCon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. That one definitely did a number on me. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like that was, to me, seeing that movie was the final nail in the coffin and just like, yeah, all that stuff's a scam. It's all a pyramid scheme. It's it's a scam. You know, If you're doing well at that stuff, it's because a whole bunch of people aren't. I've always, I've known this from the very beginning. I've known all about it. And I still, that, that's my karma. Like the money I lose in crypto is like, I knew going into it that it was just like, fugazi. Well, fugazi. <laughs> but I, I feel like uh, your FOMO outweighed your your natural instinct that this is all fugazi. Well, also it's like, I have a partner who like, you're also, not that I'm blaming it on you, but you influenced me of like, yeah, like let's do it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, whatever. It's, we're both of our just kind of like it's easy for me to say because i don't know how to do it i don't know how much money we have i don't know how big of a risk it is it's just like oh there's a thing our friends are saying it's real it's legit <laughs> and they're making all kinds of money i mean like we had people telling us like yo i have hundreds of thousands of dollars in in bitcoins or whatever No, some people obviously and... do really well and did really well and could do yeah. well again in the future i'm not even trying it but just watching these guys what they did and we i just like you just get mad because you're like i knew better because we had friends who were conning people with yeah we had multiple friends multiple people that didn't even know each other making shit coins and conning people yeah and they're like going to south korea like doing this whole thing and they're like look we're riding the wave and then they would just fake ceos like all the these parties and have like twenty five thousand dollar a month rent and like yeah these like Manhattan lofts and I mean we partied it's all to keep up appearances and for them it was all to uh get sex partners that they wouldn't have had access to otherwise (laughs) because they're short and just extremely um vapid people I don't I don't know I just it just makes me feel like when we went in on it or however going in on it it's just like Damn, someone's always losing at the shit end of this. Someone's always getting the shit end of your stick. Yeah. Well, this movie's on Netflix. Um, it's not particularly well made. Like most of the stuff on Netflix, it's formulaic or whatever. But yeah, it's about these two these two scammers who are just like career criminals. Like since high school, were you know scamming people and just uh, faking white papers, faking their website, faking everything down the well, line. Well, they, they started off in the in the opioid boom. They were making tons of money at that, then that dried up and then they were like, "Okay, we'll get into the luxury car game and we'll, you know, that dried up because that was all a scam or whatever." And then they got into um crypto when what? that was first popping off in like 2017, I think. And the one guy just skated and just snitched on everybody it was just well, real, yeah. he's a real scumbag well that that's kind of the disturbing part of this movie is like you watch it's like these two or three guys that they just like they faked everything they literally just went online and said we went to harvard business school they didn't even go to college and they're like we went to harvard business school 
you know, we have all this expertise. Here's the old, here's the companies we helped succeed in the Talk past. Talk about all dead internet fake. theory. Yeah. Human bots. That's what we are now. Yeah. It's now it's human bots. Humans just pretending to be yeah. what they're not. And yes, you don't exactly. Even know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So these guys like to the point where they had a fake CEO, their CEO came from, they just Googled old white guy, took some guy's picture made up a fake name for him and made him the CEO just to lend themselves legitimacy. Oh, and then made him a LinkedIn that said he was like... Harvard Business. And Wells just Fargo like, VP. Yeah, yeah. Just like all this, just like, just such, just like, obviously, transparently bullshit. But a lot of people got in on it and their well, product... Well, not obviously, because who would know that they're lying? It's like, it's like, that's what you do when you find out about something. You look at their... Yeah. Who the guys are. Well, I mean, their product was a, was like a, basically a debit card that you could, you know, you could was linked to your crypto accounts so you could use your crypto money in the real world and which is like just one of these like you know turning point moments in crypto like oh there it is the real world application of this stuff i knew it i knew it was coming here it is so a lot of people that already had poured their faith into crypto of you know this one like it was just low-hanging fruit for these scammers to be like oh we're going to show you a way that you can spend that that you can go buy your groceries with that with just the swipe of a card and transfer money and doing all this stuff and the technology didn't exist i don't think it still exists even if it does they weren't the people to do it because they just stole other people's yeah. work yeah so then they do like the initial offering and it just you know slowly but surely goes up 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 and next thing you know they're like way in over their heads like they they've raised like tens of millions of dollars and people start breathing down their neck and like being like hey show me the legitimacy of this and they're like oh damn and they, um, this is kind of the funniest part to me. They were like, shit, we need lawyers. We need real lawyers. So they just like Google like a high power Manhattan lawyer and they find this, this company and they retain this law service that turned out to be fake. The, 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 it's like a 17 year old boy or something it was a 17 year old boy uh, in like a college it was a freshman in college uh, he was just in a dorm room and he made a fake law firm and these people were just sending the money and he would just give them fucking fake legal advice that he just googled and like they were retaining this guy and he was fake everything about it was fake to the point where it's just like well, this house of cards is going to come tumbling down any minute and right when it's about to come tumbling down some company in South Korea is like we're interested in this Come over here, show us that the technology works, and we'll pump uh, 15 million into your company. So they go over there. They obviously can't show that this works because it doesn't. But the South Koreans are like, this is a scam, isn't it? And the guy's like, yeah. And they're like, we want in. <laughs> <laughs> Gave them twice the amount of money to get in on this scam as opposed to the real thing. And uh, yeah, it eventually all came crashing down. And people were like, where's my money? A lot of people lost a lot of money. And, um, yeah, the dude that started the whole thing just kind of snitched on his friends, didn't serve a day in jail. And still has money. Still has money. Has still has, has he scammed a bunch of people out of their money and, and with crypto, you can hide it all over the place and the government is not caught up to this and prosecutors aren't caught up to this. So, um, yeah, this dude is out there living his life. Uh, we should interview that guy. He's a fucking real scumbag, like, or tr and, and would take all this money and gamble with it. Like he would go and have not just money from like randoms, like money from his family. Oh yeah. No, he, he scammed his whole family. <laughs> he, and when, when they got exposed about the, the CEO, people started saying like, who is this guy? We cannot get a hold or find anything about the CEO. They just pretended the guy died in a car accident. 
and then made the guy's grandfather the CEO. And the grandfather was in the hospital with dementia. They're like, kill, it's time to kill the CEO. Yeah. So they just yeah. put out a death announcement. Yeah. I don't know. Spoiler alerts because we you, don't have, you don't have to watch this. Like, it's just, it, it, it's what you think it is. It's just ridiculous, over the top, coked out, Adderall, but like, the thing is, know-it-all because bullshit. They fake, because they faked everything down the line. They yeah. have legitimate sources being like, Centra, they're really cool. Like, I'd get in on this. So it's even you can go, a trusted person can tell you something that's a scam. None of them are trusted. That, yeah. If people are telling you that crypto is going to save your life or whatever, they might not know it, but some of them do. They're full of shit. They're full of shit. Well, it's, like at the ha- it's, it's just the- a different casino. Yeah. And I think when you start looking at it in those terms, you can kind of deprogram all the FOMO and all this and that. Thinking you're going to be one of these people that gets rich off crypto is thinking that somehow you're at the top of a pyramid. And I'm sorry to say, anyone hearing this... You're not. It's just that there's there's much better ways and much more rewarding ways to get rich in this life, and it's through work, it's through hard work and effort and producing a product. I mean, I think the crypto world is so, like, navigating crypto is work. I'm not gonna. That is work. There's yeah, no doubt about yeah. it to me that Ugh. being informed and learning about crypto is work. And like, but I don't know the the amount of work that you'd have to do to be truly at the crest of the wave. Yeah. And to not get scammed is, yeah. I don't know. It seems just, out of sight. It, it preys on um, that weird little nagging feeling that there's an American dream and that there's class mobility and that you want to get in on it. And it preys on people that want a shortcut for that. And well, it preyed on us, like whatever. Like, you know what I mean? We I never thought that was going anywhere. It was just kind of like. Let's not be idiots and not do anything. It was we had fake money coming in from the government. Like I don't know, we might as well put our fake money into a fake thing. And if if it had gone up at all ever, which it didn't, I would have said, "Get out of there, get our money out of there." Yeah, you know. But that's really hard too, though. That's what I also learned about myself because one of the things we went in on it like tripled the next day, and it was like, "Well, let's see where this goes." It's real. Like the thing is, it's so hard when you're up to take your money out. Yeah. Because you're like, well, it could, what if it goes up more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's when you're in the greed cycle. And it's really, yeah, I mean. And it hijacks your system. I have some money right now in um, PayPal crypto or whatever, and I just keep thinking, like, I could take it out now and take, like, a little loss, or I could wait and then maybe take a little bit of a win, and then I'm like, well, when it's a little bit of a win, why don't I just wait till it's a bigger win? And whatever, yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I think movies like this are going to, expose this on uh, like if anyone sees this movie i think it's just like it does a nice job of just exposing like what's going on behind the scenes and a lot of this and like we witnessed it you know we had these friends that came up with a shit coin none of it was real they moved over to south korea they raised 12 million dollars scamming south koreans it was for like a dating website for for a, a, a blockchain dating website and it's just like it just it's just and the crazy thing is the people in this movie speak with the same cadence as the people we know that are like real life crypto scammers. Like they all have this, like there's a certain cadence and a way of speaking. And I think it's like, I don't know who started it or what it is, but it's like a hypnotic way of saying things and getting information across and sweeping under the rug that you don't know anything. And you know, just like a good, good, good. And we're just moving on. And just like, we know people that are like this and that are behaving like this and it's Uh a scam. Yeah, we just... And then at the end of the movie, they say, like, the the one study that's been done about this showed that, like, 78% of this stuff are scams. They're not even real. 
Yeah, that's that's where I just got frustrated. I was like, I knew better. I knew better. But you know what? That's your guilt and shame. Who oh. cares? We lost the money. Uh, know what's funny is also, do we talk about this movie? The um, what is it called? Uh, the sh- the the one with Paul Dano. Yeah, what's that called? I can't remember. You want me to look it up? I don't have to. Um, that was good though. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, what's it? What was it? Was it? About GameStop. GameStop. The movie's called Dumb Money. Oh yeah, Dumb Money. Yeah. Same thing. It just kind of exposes what it all is, and you're like, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to align my energy and my finances with that. Well, whatever you do, don't take fucking money advice from us we don't know what the fuck's going on no <laughs> but we are on the verge of getting an apartment uh, or a new studio or whatever you want to call it i'm trying yeah yeah but that that movie was just uh hilarious in the sense of like i love stories where the like little guy and that's what crypto felt it felt like the little guy being able to win yeah. you know because a lot of little that's guys that's the perfect scam that's why a lot of little guys got in before like bigger guys got in and a lot of little guys did make a lot of money from being cool. I, I, just I, whatever they did yeah, okay a lot of little guys did make money um and but it's kind of like being like i was up two million dollars i was up and I'm like did you get that money out of the did you turn those chips in and turn it into money and leave the casino with it like no no Basically, i mean i went on a bad run and i lost it all it's like but the bad run wasn't bad luck it was designed to get that money back from you. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm trying to say is that the way our economy and f- business and money is set up is n- is never going to let the little guy win. No and way. And that's what that dumb money movie really showed because it's the, the true life story of uh, the GameStop where the little guy uh, bets against Wall Street and Wall Street just has the power... And like to shut down the market. To, yeah, to shut down the market. So the it's second like, they, that they had a chance to get a bunch of the little guys rich, they just took they just took away their ability to trade and get their money. And because uh, because there was very few powerful people that stood to lose a lot of money. One of them was the owner of the New York Mets, our favorite baseball squadron. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him, Steve Cohen. But yeah, they shut down the markets and they wouldn't let people get their money or do any trades. It just, just was it just was so infuriating because it just just a very there's a lot of things that I don't want to be like life's not fair all the time, but th- you just see it and you're just watching you're like god, it's not fair. <laughs> no, our economy's rigged. So, it's so I don't rigged. know how much of your your time and attention do you want to put into trying to game a rigged economy that's like it's been rigged for fucking decades. Like it, it ain't happening. That's not the place. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> this is enough. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to go sweat and cold plunge with Billy Hammer. Dropping hammers. Dropping hammers. Um, join our our beautiful community, the Church of Chill. That's the antidote to all this stuff. Chilling. <laughs> Falling back. Getting back into the present moment. Yeah. And that's on uh, patreon.com slash church of chill where you can access, I think we got a hundred or so bonus podcasts on there that are a little too spicy for YouTube. And uh, we name names and we get personal and it gets real. <laughs> so get on patreon.com slash church of chill, join the discord community 
check out our bonus episodes and uh, get in touch with us. Let's become friends. Does that sound good? Right on. Cool. Peace, love, and magic, y'all.